Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Joey, you have the privilege of recording season mid-season finale for season three, Cut for Time. Here we are. Yes, and I feel honored that you have retreated to your country estate for the recording of this episode uh, for your Thanksgiving getaway. Yes. Oh, it's lovely here. Sun is setting and it is 4.30. <laughs> and, uh, and you're up in... Uh... Wisconsin? Up in Northern Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where I'm from. And so I was telling Can Nathan. you say as, Wisconsin for us like Wisconsin. you're from Northern Wisconsin? I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin? That, yep. I know. Um, I just want you to overemphasize it for the sake of yes. everyone laughing oh, at yeah. home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. We're in Wausau. And um, as we were driving, I was telling Nathan, I just really realized I missed the landscape of Wisconsin and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the birch trees and um, the farms and like Hazel flipped out because she saw a cow, which is so sad to me because I feel like seeing cows is a normal thing. And she, and like we passed so many dairy farms and she was amazed that she was seeing cows. So anyways, I um, I miss that in Indiana for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I miss the rolling cornfields of Iowa in Indiana. So don't we have those? But then, but then I miss Indiana when I'm in Iowa. So I don't really miss We're never at home. (laughs) Oh, oh longing for home. Speaking of, okay, cliffhanger. Yes. We'll talk about okay. Advent at the end of the episode. Okay, segue. Joey, tell us about your sermon on Sunday. Yes, uh, I preached, and it was on Sunday. And uh, in terms of what I talked about, which is, I assume, what you were asking about, is yep. <laughs> finishing off chapter three, finishing off Paul's big uh, argument about why the, the Gentiles should not put themselves underneath the law. And his whole point is you don't have to put yourself under the law because you're already part of Abraham's family. It's not that great under the law anyway. It, it curses the Jews who are under it. And then in these verses, 23 through 29, he's basically saying like, look, you are, like Jews under the law are under a babysitter. You're an adult son in the family of Abraham. Why would you put yourself under a babysitter? Mm-hmm. And then he, he wraps up all of chapter three with the big verse at the end of, of the chapter, verse 29. If you are Christ's, which you are, then you're Abraham's offspring. You are already heirs according to promise. Why put yourself back under the law? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, so um, is there anything that you wish, you know, if you had all the time in the world on a Sunday morning, you could include mm. this? What would that be from the sermon? All the time in the world. Well, there's, okay, so I went to seminary, right, obviously for training for this, and, and a big part of it is Greek, learning the languages that the Old Testament, the New Testament were written in. It's sort of like if you were to put yourself up as like an expert in French poetry, but you can't speak French, that just does, or you can't read French poetry in French, only in translation, doesn't make sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, we learn the languages. So there's some fascinating stuff going on in the Greek. There always is, but um, sometimes it's more relevant for preaching. Sometimes it's not. This week, there was some interesting stuff in verse 26. There were three different ways you could take the verse just based on the Greek grammar. Now, 
if I had all the time in the world or if it were more like a class or a lecture than a sermon, I might say, hey, there's three different ways to take the, this Greek grammatical construction. But since I'm preaching, I'm just going to preach the way I take it. And, mm-hmm. and unless it's really critical, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the grammar all that much. So I can geek yeah. out on Greek if you want. Yeah. So give us the three ways and tell us which one of the three that you spoke from and why that way. Um, is it your okay. own personal take? Is it just the mostly agreed upon, um, you know, translation? Tell us more about that. Yeah. Well, it, it's, um, it's interesting. So if you look at, say, the NIV for verse 26, it says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay. So the question is, what makes you son of God. And the Greek behind there, uh, behind through faith in Christ Jesus is literally through the faith or the faithfulness, like we talked about last, last week, um, through the faithfulness in Christ Jesus. And that's significant in the Greek that it's in, because most of the time when we translate into English, faith in Christ Jesus, it's actually a different preposition. It's not the preposition n it's the preposition ek, uh, which means out of. So faith that comes out of Christ Jesus. And, and we, in English, we say, well, faith in, you know. Mm-hmm. But in, in Greek, um, to say that your faith is in Christ Jesus doesn't really m- make as much sense. Um, you wouldn't say it that way in Greek. You would use different words to express that. Um, and so, I mean, even in English, that it can be a little funky because to say you have faith in something doesn't necessarily mean you're responding in trust to the faithfulness you've seen in that person. It, it maybe just means you, you know, you believe the thing exists. Like, you, you know, to believe in Jesus may be no different than believing in um, Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Or believing in climate change or whatever debated thing uh, there is to debate its existence or not, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so in, in the Greek, um, it could be we could be looking at it one of three different ways. Okay. Uh, we could translate it like, um, well, we could translate it like this. Um, for by faith in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God, or you are all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus, like the NIV does. Mm-hmm. And that takes um, in Christ Jesus as the object of faith, right? So my the, faith is in Jesus. Yes. And the one with the faith is the reader. Me. Or yes. You. Yep. Yep, okay. the reader, the writer, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could say, like we talked about last week, um, you are all sons of God by the faithfulness of Christ Jesus, um, which is how I took, when we looked at it last week, that's how I took, uh, what verse was that? Verse uh, 24, uh, where it said the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise and the ESV translated it by faith in Jesus Christ. And I said, I think it's better um, bec- so that the promise, because of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, could be given. And that, that would seem to fit down in verse 26. You are all sons of God. That is now available to you because of the faithfulness of Christ Jesus. But Paul doesn't seem to be talking so much about how that position of being a son of God or daughter of God, you know, a fully grown adult child of God worthy of inheritance, um, he doesn't seem to be talking about how that position came to be available to you, but which is what for by the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, you are all sons of God would imply. He seems to be talking more about how you actually became that the means by which you became a son or daughter of God. 
So the third option for reading this Greek is to read through faith and read in the Messiah Jesus or in Christ Jesus as two parallel phrases that are both modifying how we became children of God or sons of God, in which case we would translate it something like, uh, for you are all sons of God or children of God through faith. You are all children of God in the Messiah, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it's saying both, how did you become a child of God? Well, through faith, which we would either take as our faith or the faithfulness of the Messiah that we're responding to, or in the way Paul's been using faith throughout this paragraph, 23 through 29, as like a summary of the gospel. One word that, uh, that puts the whole thing into the one word um, in like technical language terms, that's called a synecdoche. Um, that's like when, you know, when you, you and Hazel are, you're driving along the road and she sees a herd of cattle and you ask her, how many head of cattle did you see? Right. And she's like, I saw 12, but she didn't just see 12 heads. She saw like the whole thing, but we say head to refer to the whole. Um, that's what, that's what this is doing here. Faith to refer to the whole gospel, um, the whole gospel, good news. So in that case, um, you, we would say, Hey, you're, you're sons of God through faith, which is a natural way to say it, and you're sons of God in the Messiah Jesus, which is also pretty consistent and a natural way to say it in Greek, and it's consistent with what Paul has been saying all through. If you're in Messiah, you are in the family. You are children if you're in the Messiah. So, I mean, ultimately, all three ways of taking it are true. Um, The real question is, okay, which one is actually the one being said here. I, I took it to be the latter, the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, the ESV translation um, leaves the interpretations open by splitting those two phrases apart uh, and translating it for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God, comma, through faith, which lends either to the second or the third and a little more difficult, uh, not quite as much towards the first option. Mm -hmm. Um, The first option was like the NIV, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. The ESV for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God, comma, through faith. So that one leans more towards those second two interpretations just by moving the phrases around. Sure. Okay. Thank you. So anyway, there's geeky Greek for you. Oh, I like that alliteration. Geeky That's Greek. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. We should have a little warning that says nerd alert, nerd alert. Thanks, Joey. Um, yeah, all right. So let's go. just talk about Advent. You mentioned, hey, yeah, Advent. you feel like we're never home. So we are um, coming home for Christmas. That's our theme for Advent this year. And mm-hmm. um, why are we, like, what are we studying and um, why do we need Why did we feel like that theme fit how we all might be feeling this year, you know, um, and what do you hope that our congregation learns and walks away with in this Christmas, Christmas season? So every year at Advent, um, our tradition is to take the four Sundays of Advent and preach the whole Bible storyline of creation, fall, redemption, and recreation. Um, there's more nuances and movements in there than those four, but those are the the big four. And um, every year we try to tackle those four, those movements through a different, um, a different theme that's woven throughout the whole Bible. So like exile is one of those themes or, 
or kingship is one of those themes. Um, like for instance, kingship, like we were created to be kings and queens of this world. We abdicated our crowns. Um, Jesus came as our true king and he invites us back into our kingship, right? So there's, there's how kingship and queenship runs through the whole, uh, all of scripture. Um, so anyway, home um, has that same, same sort of across the whole Bible theme is there across the whole Bible. You know, we were made for a home. We left our home. Jesus left his home in order to find us and ultimately one day bring us home. And of course, there's, you know, that ties into our sort of cultural um, narrative of coming home for Christmas. You know, yeah. you spend Christmas with your family, you go home for Christmas. And most of us, um, when we go back to our homes, it's never what we want it to be. It's never as good as we hope it will be. And it's never even what we remember it to be from when we were kids or from the last time we were home. You know, our memories of home are always better than our experience of home. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that is, that is a big part of the difficulty that is um, the Advent season for us because we have a longing in us for a home, a longing that can never be fulfilled in our human homes. But we keep trying more and more every year by maybe we keep more expectations on it. We add more presents. We do more decorations. We add more traditions. We're just like, if we just keep doing more, maybe this will really feel like home. But it never does because we're made for a, a different home. Um, mm -hmm. and, and our homes can be and are, you know, life-giving, um, glorious shadows or copies of the true home that is mm -hmm. to come. And when we try to put more weight onto them than a shadow or a copy can hold, you know, that's when they disappoint us. Mm -hmm. But when we can celebrate our homes as, as images of the home that is to come and the rest that is to come and the peace and the belonging that is to come. Um, you know, then coming home for Christmas uh, can actually point us towards our true home and leave us both celebrating uh, the home we have and also anticipating the home that is to come. Yeah. So what do you hope that we walk away with? Or what's your prayer for our congregation in this season? Hmm. I think I would I would pray and hope that we that we put we figure out how to shift our weight from this home to our eternal home, the weight of our, our heart's longings um, from this home to our eternal home. Um, what that looks like practically is probably different for each of us in our, our desires for the season and our expectations for the season. But to, when, when we take the weight off of this home, then we can actually celebrate the home for what it is instead of what we want it to be. And I think ultimately at a real pragmatic level, the holidays would be a whole lot better if, if the weight of our expectation was on our eternal home instead of this one. Mm -hmm. um, just pragmatically, we'd be less disappointed at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. But um, also I think spiritually, we, we need to reorient our hearts towards our true home. Mm -hmm. Super. Okay. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for your time and comfort time. And um, we'll be back with um, when we resume Galatians back in the new year. That's right. Well, back in actually, January, so... no. December 6th? Well, let's 26th? see. I'm going to, uh, yeah, so I'll preach it on the 26th and then, then 27, 28, it'll drop on the 29th. So it will yeah. still be in this year. Okay. Okay. Super. We'll be okay. back then. Okay. Thanks. All right. Joey. We'll see you at the end of the year. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
happy Thanksgiving and happy Advent. We'll see you afterwards. Yes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.